Waiting on a tax return? Hopefully it ends up in your hands. Fraudulent tax returns due to identity theft increased by 30% in 2023. If you're in a bind this tax season, LifeLock can help. Our U.S.-based restoration specialists are experts dedicated to helping solve your identity theft issues. And all LifeLock plans are backed by the Million Dollar Protection Package. So we'll reimburse you up to the limits of your plan if you lose money due to identity theft. Help protect your information this tax season with LifeLock. Save up to 25% your first year at LifeLock.com aware. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide. 620 CKRM is proud to be your voice for everything ag. Welcome to SaskAg Today with your host, Ryan Young. Hey everyone, good afternoon and welcome to Sask Egg Today. It's brought to you by Milligan Bio, the leading buyer of heated and damaged canola in Saskatchewan wants to buy your seed. Visit MilliganBio.com. On today's show, some agriculture-related items were mentioned in yesterday's throne speech at the Saskatchewan Legislature. A housing tax meant to curtail foreign ownership is affecting some farmers. SaskAgToday.com's Kevin Hirsch has the details on that. And Manitoba released its last crop report of the year. The farm weather is in its usual spot at the bottom of the hour. You're listening to SaskAg Today on 620 CKRM. This is SaskAg Today with 620 CKRM Ag News Director Ryan Young. Sask Ag Today is brought to you by Johnston's Grain, your first and last stop for grain pricing and crop protection. And Farm Fresh Water, fix your water problems. Visit farmfreshwater.ca. Sharing agricultural products to the world was one of the messages sent in yesterday's throne speech, as well as from Saskatchewan Premier Scott Moe. The speech noted 2022 was a record year for agri-food exports and, quote, is on track to set more records this year, end quote. In the first six months of 2023, exports were up to $10 billion, a 35% increase from the previous year. In a news conference following the speech, Premier Moe said the SAS party government will introduce a new investment attraction strategy to make the province a more viable market to do business with. Not only primary production, but also uh, the value-added agriculture industry, which brings your market closer to home. And when we look at uh, market access and market resilience, um, or the resilience of that access, it's a different world when you're exporting ingredients versus exporting uh, raw agricultural products. And so I would say uh, the next great opportunity that we have in agriculture and in ensuring that Saskatchewan agriculture is not only producing uh, some of the most competitively priced uh, food products and ingredients, um, some of the most sustainable sustainable uh, food products and ingredients, um, but also some of the highest quality uh, food products and ingredients well into the future is to ensure that we're climbing that value chain and offering uh, those ingredients as opposed to um, traditional raw agricultural products. It provides jobs uh, here, often jobs in in rural areas of Saskatchewan as well as in urban centres, and we're seeing that with some of the canola crush uh, facilities uh, that are being built today and some of those that are coming, Um, but most certainly uh, it provides you as a primary producer, uh, the very market resilience and access that we um, have been talking about uh, in Saskatchewan for years. Secondarily to that, 
I would say, regardless of where you might uh, think personally uh, when it comes to sustainable food production, Saskatchewan agricultural producers can hold their head very high as they produce some of the most sustainable food that you can find on earth. I know that your government is taking uh, the ag industry as well as the energy and mining industries uh, to the, the very center of that conversation uh, in, in COP28 and talking uh, to the world and not only about what we produce, uh, but talking to the world about how we produce it. Um, with the low carbon content, if, if that is what your country and your, uh, our purchasers um, truly care about, uh, they should actually buy more from Saskatchewan. The COP28 conference, also known as the United National Climate Change Conference, is set for November 30th to December 12th from Dubai. Mo will be leading a delegation of Saskatchewan companies to promote the province's products and build connections to other markets. Other agriculture-related notes from the speech include a target to irrigate an additional 8,500 acres per year under the Growth 2030 plan. The government noted a doubling of that target this year of 15,000 new irrigable acres and claims to be on track to meet its 2030 target. They also noted 34,000 acres have been irrigated since 2020. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is a report from saskagtoday.com's Kevin Hirsch on an underused housing tax. We're back with Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag Today is brought to you by Prairie 6-inch. For Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, size matters. So see Prairie 6-inch eaves trough, your farm shop specialist, prairieeavestrough.ca and Western Ag Professional Agronomy. If you want to make cropping decisions with confidence, visit growmoreprofit.com. The underused housing tax is meant to curtail foreign ownership of housing through trusts in Canada's large cities. However, in some circumstances, farmers are being hit with the need to file a return for the underused housing tax. Although in most cases they are exempt from paying the tax, which is 1% of the house value, there's a stiff penalty for not filing the return. Kevin Hirsch, Chief Agricultural Editor for SaskAgToday.com, has this report. The deadline to file a 2022 return for the underused housing tax was extended to October 31st. Farm corporations that have employees housed on land owned by the corporation are among those affected. Alan Tastad is a partner in the Saskatoon accounting firm Hunje Tastad Harpum. So for our practice here, we have B apiaries that uh, bring in uh, temporary foreign workers and they have to house these workers in employee residences. Now in those situations, uh, there's no, there's no uh, vacant uh, days really, so there's no tax of 1% that has to be paid, but if they don't file this return, there's a $10,000 filing penalty. In Tastad's opinion, mobile homes are exempt from needing to file. You might have a mobile home on a uh, farm quarter for, for an employee uh, that, that works for you. Now, mobile homes, if they're mobile, I was at a session yesterday, they said make sure there's tires on this thing. I, I don't go that far. A mobile home is exempt. So we don't have to file for mobile homes or trailers. 
Castad says a house owned personally on a quarter of land owned by the farming corporation is another situation which may require the return. However, no returns are needed for houses on personally owned land. The accounting firm also sees situations where an individual keeps their name on the title of a house owned by a child or grandchild. That also triggers the need to file an underused housing return. The penalty for an individual not filing is $5,000. Tasted says his accounting firm has been charging $500 to file a return, but he has heard of other firms charging two or three times that amount. Someone that is going to miss the October 31st deadline is advised to talk with their tax advisor and possibly file a voluntary disclosure to Revenue Canada explaining their situation. Accounting firms have tried to reach out to their clients to avoid penalties, but some people may still be unaware and there's still lots of confusion over details of the tax. For SaskAg Today, I'm Kevin Hirsch. Coming up after the break is today's Ag Review. You're listening to Saskag Today on 620 CKRM. You're tuned in to Saskag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. Today's Ag Review with Doug Falconer of GX94 is brought to you by Karst Holdings in Assiniboia and Schlamps Integra Tire in Grenfell, your locally owned Integra Tire dealers. Canola futures on the Intercontinental Exchange kicked off the week of October 23rd through the 27th with sharp losses as the most heavily traded January contract busted through its support level of $700 per metric ton. Among the reasons for canola's steep fall, as David Derwin pointed out, were the better-than-average yields from this year's prairie harvest. Derwin, a commodity futures advisor for PI Financial in Winnipeg, also cited the inability of the nearby November soybean contract to firmly remain above $13 U.S. per bushel at the Chicago Board of Trade. Derwin says the downward trend in canola won't last indefinitely and will eventually give way. But most likely before that were to occur, canola would become range-bound for upward of two to three months before breaking out. Pride Seeds is moving away from a sole distribution model and towards an ag retail network model for Western Canada. The move will increase the locations farmers can find Pride Seeds corn product portfolio. In 2019, Pride Seeds announced Canterra Seeds as the exclusive distributor of its corn and soy lines in the West. In addition, the company has announced Sarah Meidlinger as its new Western sales manager. Brianne Ray and Aidan Philipchuk will serve as Western sales agronomists. Decisive Farming and Grain Fox have announced a new partnership to combine digital grain trade and selling options for Canadian farmers. Grain Fox, a provider of digital agricultural and financial tools, delivers data-driven insights to farmers through a mobile or desktop interface. It provides marketing insights and crop sales recommendations customized to each farm business. Grain Fox says by integrating this tool with decisive farming capabilities such as Farm at Hand, all data will be accessible and optimizable so customers can cut through the clutter and make more informed decisions. Through this partnership, 
Decisive Farming will grow its agriculture product offerings to ensure all its customers have access to the best tools and technology to accelerate their operations, while GrainFox will be able to reach more customers and ensure its market expertise supports farmers from bin to bank. Avian flu has been detected in birds at a second commercial poultry operation in Chilliwack, B.C. The Canadian Food Inspection Agency says the infection was confirmed Tuesday, four days after another farm was quarantined and its flock was ordered destroyed to halt the spread of the highly infectious illness. The two outbreaks are the first in B.C. since April, as wild birds are blamed for carrying the H5N1 strain of the virus around the world, spreading it to domestic flocks through contact in shared ponds or fields. Before October, the agency says B.C. had seen 104 infections since last year, forcing the culling of more than 3.5 million birds. An area of land in Ukraine roughly 20% larger than the state of Iowa is riddled with landmines and unexploded devices that will need to be cleared before it can safely be farmed again. That's the assessment and challenge ahead for groups looking to go into Ukraine and reclaim farmland even as war continues in the country. Throughout its history, the World Food Prize has been awarded to crop readers, scientists, nutrition advocates, or policymakers who focus on reducing hunger. This year's laureate, Heidi Kuhn, was honored for her work over the past 25 years to help remove mines in rural war-torn areas and redevelop agriculture in those regions with her group, Roots for Peace. Ambassador Ken Quinn retired president of the World Food Prize, says he was thrilled the organization had chosen to recognize one of the most important and noble things possible in ridding the world of killer landmines. And that's today's Ag Review. I'm Doug Falconer. It's your Saskag Today weather on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The official 620 CKRM farm weather is brought to you by Shepherd Realty in Regina, specializing in farm and ranch real estate in Saskatchewan. Call Harry, Justin, or Devin at 352-1866. And Moose Jaw Truck Shop, the number one choice for any diesel engine repair. Drop in, no appointment necessary, or visit moosejawtruckshop.com. Today, partly cloudy and a 30% chance of flurries late this afternoon. Winds for, uh, up to 15 kilometers an hour, high of minus 5 with the wind chill near minus 14. Tonight, mainly cloudy and a 30% chance of flurries this evening and after midnight, low of minus 10, wind chill near, near minus 15, so not too much difference there. Tomorrow, mainly cloudy, 30% chance of flurries late in the morning and in the afternoon. Winds out of the west at 20 kilometers an hour in the afternoon, high of minus 4, the low minus 8. Cloudy on Saturday, high of minus 6, the low minus 11. Sunday, cloudy, high of minus 5, minus 7 is the low. Monday, cloudy and a 60% chance of flurries, minus 5 is the high, low minus 12. Tuesday, sunny, high of 0 degrees, low minus 7. And Wednesday, sunshine, and a high of plus 2. Normal highs for the period are 7 degrees, normal lows minus 6. Sun rose at 7.39 this morning. Sun will set at 5.45 p.m. Taking a look around the province in Estevan, minus 7, Swift Current, minus 8, Saskatoon, minus 5, Weyburn, minus 6, and Yorkton, minus 4. The, war- 
excuse me, the warm spot in Saskatchewan is in Stony Rapids at minus 1.4 degrees. Cool spot is in Cypress Hills at minus 11.9. In Regina, a cloudy sky, northwest wind at 19 kilometers an hour, humidity at 68%, temperature minus 7 degrees or 20 Fahrenheit, barometric pressure at 102.9 and rising. In Moose Jaw, mostly cloudy, north-northwest wind at 13, temperature minus 7 degrees. Again in Regina, cloudy, northwest wind at 19, temperature minus 7. Back in a moment. Catch up with all your ag news anytime at saskagtoday.com. Now, back to Saskag Today with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. This portion of Sask Ag Today is brought to you by McDougal Auctioneers, where you're guaranteed the best buying and selling experience. McDougalAuction.com. The last Manitoba crop report of the year suggests harvest progress in the province is at 96%, which is ahead of the five-year average of 90%. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin, and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. Yeah, we are very close to wrapped up ourselves as well. We're at sitting at 98%, and uh, that uh, really the notable crops still left out in the field. 95% of canola has been harvested, and about 90% of soybeans have been harvested, as well as approximately 85% of the flax acres. So that really leaves just those, those few fields out there, uh, which is good news because it's time to put the sandals and shorts away with the snow on the ground. So, you know, the, that uh, Manitoba average at 96%, again, that's just lagging a little behind the northwest because there's more grain corn and sunflowers in those other parts of the province. Yeah, just to kind of give a bit of a summary of what we've looked at this year, um, you know, one thing that really stands out as, as notable is that we've had some extreme heat and extreme precipitation, or I guess lack thereof. To kind of do a, an average of the uh, the weather stations that we have in the northwest here, we can see that we've had about 116% of the normal amount of heat that we get on a 30-year average. So that's, you know, obviously 16% hotter uh, overall than we normally see. The precipitation, on the other hand, has been six, only 66% of what we normally get in a year. Some of the sites that uh, we've taken from, you know, for example, um, in the PAW, we see uh, that that was as high as 35% warmer than normal. And in sites like Grandview, uh, they only received 58% of the normal rainfall. So that does help to explain some of what we saw over the year. You know, of course, that is going to vary almost from one field to the next with the way that thunderstorms work. But uh, some of those variable yields we saw, especially for crops like canola, are, are really going to be accounted for by particularly by the lack of moisture that we had. He believes that some of the crops that are still out will be harvested yet this fall. I think there's a good good chance that uh, a lot of that will come off. Those canola acres, you know, certainly this wouldn't be the first time that canola is coming off with a, with a dusting of snow on it or even a lot of snow sometimes. And uh, soybeans, they're shorter crops, so that's a little more time sensitive perhaps. But I think certainly there's a good good reason to think that even in the next couple of weeks here as things kind of dry out uh, that we would we would get those those off he believes that a lot of winter cereals were seeded this fall as well yeah we actually anticipate sort of a peak or a, um, an increase I should say uh, in in 
seeded areas for that. And uh, actually, uh, uh, of note, actually, you know, we see if we look compare 2023 to the to the previous year, 2022, for seeded acres, uh, it is interesting to note that although winter wheat, spring wheat, um, barley, and canola were roughly the same, we did see some some increases and decreases in seeded acres. So provincially, we saw about a 60% increase in soybean acres, uh, and that came at the expense primarily of oats, flax, peas, and rye, which you know kind of dropped somewhere between 25 and 50%, depending on the crops. So the producers out there must have had a premonition that the yields would be good for soybeans this year. So we kind of made a, probably made a good choice for uh, the yields that we've been seeing. Fry also has some news for livestock producers. You know, I think that uh, we've all known that uh, when it's dry, it, it t- typically makes for challenging conditions in pasture. Uh, we did see um, that regrowth was real, you know, slow and sluggish or completely absent in some pastures, which certainly made a risk of overgrazing. Flies have been a challenge, a um, bit of some water challenges here and there, but uh, hay supply, and the good news is that hay supply overall, uh, there's about a, f- uh, producers are reporting about 40% of them have a surplus of hay, 50% are, are adequate, and only 10% are short. And so, uh, straw is also in good supply, and silage yielded somewhere in that 15 tons per acre range on average. So th- that's good news for feed supply over the winter, and I think we'll, you know, just pray for rain next year and keep going from there. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin. You're listening to Sask Ag Today on 620 CKRM. We'll be back right after this. You're tuned in to Sask Ag Today on your voice of Saskatchewan, 620 CKRM. This segment of Saskag today is brought to you by Degelman Industries. Looked at Degelman for the most reliable, dependable, engineered tough equipment on the market. And Arcola Building Supplies. Small town lumber yard, big on service. ArcolaBuildingSupplies.com The Canadian Agricultural Safety Association reports rollovers were the most common form of fatal farm accident between 2011 and 2020, with runovers close second. CASA has released extensive data on farm fatalities. For example, of the 32 animal-related deaths in the last decade, 17 were caused by horses and 15 by cows or bulls. Colleen Droll with the Canadian Injury Prevention Centre noted, or noticed rather, each province deals with a different kind of farming accident. I was noticing that in Quebec they tend to have more tree-fallen type activities. In the prairies here, of course, we have more um, machinery in terms of tractors and combine-type activity. Younger and older people were involved in the highest number of fatal farm accidents. 124 involve people in their 70s, 119 in their 60s, and 103 in their 50s. As for children, there were 26 deaths in the one-year to four-years-old age category, between 2011 and 2020. This is the one that really identifies we are not doing a very good job when it comes to children. And as you can see, children between the ages of one and four had the highest number and the highest rate of being run over. They had 12 deaths in this 10-year period. 
Five to nine-year-olds saw 13 fatalities, with 10 to 14s at 18 deaths, and 15 to 19-year-olds with 18 fatalities. In terms of children, I can read the detailed descriptions. In some cases, it's quite saddened to see we'll have a child, let's say, for example, drowning brain. Well, his brother went to look for him and subsequently lost two children. So, you know, there's just some stories that really kind of stick with me after having read them for many, many years. The five machines involved in the most fatal farm accidents were tractors, followed by motor vehicles, ATVs, then bulldozers slash bobcats or skid steers, and then farm wagons. You're listening to Sask Ag Today. Coming up next is the Market Update. Here's the Market Update with Ryan Young on 620 CKRM. Grain prices at Viterra were mostly up in early trading today. Canola is up 646.32 a metric ton, up $1. One red spring wheat at 333.91, up $1.93. The rest remain unchanged. Durham at 473.72, feed barley 277.58, chickpeas 1212.53, flax 641.04, lentils 765.50, oats 289.32, yellow peas 399.89, and feed wheat 235.46. On the Minneapolis Grain Exchange, hard red spring wheat for December is up three and a half cents to seven dollars and twenty-four and a quarter cents a bushel. Up next is the Livestock Report. The Saskag Today Livestock Reports on your voice of Saskatchewan. 620 CKRM. The Livestock Quotes are brought to you by the Weyburn Livestock Exchange. Call Weyburn Livestock at 842-4574. Now here are the latest Livestock Quotes. Good afternoon. This is Yorkton Heartland Livestock Market Report for the week of October the 25th. A bit of a smaller sale here due to the poor road conditions in our area, but still managed to have 2,300 head in the sort, 280 cows and bulls, a total of 2,580 for the day. Cows and bulls selling steady with last week. D1, D2 cows, 129 to 139, sales to 144, 145. D3 cows, 121 to 129. Older type, thinner, weaker, blemish cows, 50 to 90. Cows are averaging 130. From that good Buchanan area, 1,700-pound cows topped out at 147.50. Good bulls, 150 to 160, sales to 162, 163, bulls are averaging 156. From that good Ituna area, 2,100-pound bulls, there are three of them in the ring. They topped out at 167.75, a job well done there. On to the pre-sort sale. With all these calves moving across Western Canada and the futures were lower this week, these calves are selling under pressure to lower. By saying that, still an attractive market to sell in. Listen up, 425-pound tan steers, 491. 500-pound black steers, 428. 575-pound red-black exotic steers, there was 86 in this package. They topped out at 395. 650-pound red-black exotic steers, there was 84 in this group. They topped out at 366. My favorite pen, 710-pound black steers, 366. 363. 780-pound steers, 360. 850-pound steers at 332. Didn't have many yearling steers here this week. On to the heifer calves. 350-pound tan heifers, 386. 425-pound tan heifers, 380. We had some one-owner tan heifers, 500-pounders. They topped out at 348. The 575-pounders at 317. The 650s, 306. 710-pound heifers, 294. And 780-pound heifers at 284. 
had some yearling heifers here, 850 pounders at 258 and 950 pound heifers at 255. Highlight of the morning, 46 little steers, 340 pounds. They topped out at 525. And 710 pound red black exotic steers, they topped out at 364. I would say this calf market still bringing a good dollar. Next week, November 1st, we're featuring speckled park cows, but all breeds are welcome. Last Friday, we had our sheep lamb goat sale with 1,460 head, 50-pound lamb wool lambs, 202, 70-pound wool lambs, $2, and 90-pound wool lambs at 197. We had some call use here, anywhere from 85 to 95. Uh, we had some kid goats here, 70-pound kid goats, $200 a piece. 90-pound kid goats at $225 a piece. And we had some nannies here, nanny goats, 180 to $220 a piece. That's it for this week at Heartland Yorkton. I'm Harvey Exner. Have a good day. The latest pork prices are at $195.02 per CKG. Coming up, the Resource Report. It's the Saskag Today Resource Reports on 620 CKRM. Here's Ryan Young. Now the resource report brought to you by Mazank Fuels, your local branded Petro-Canada wholesaler for over 40 years. Fill up the tank, call Mazank, 306-721-6667. Canadian Pacific Kansas City Rail is lowering its financial forecast due to economic challenges and losses stemming from the B.C. port worker strike. CEO Keith Creel says economic headwinds in July's 13-day job action that shut down the country's largest port prompted it to predict flat to slightly positive adjusted diluted earnings this year over last. The revision marks a more pessimistic outlook than the one offered three months earlier when the Calgary-based company projected adjusted diluted earnings would grow by mid-single digits in 2023. In the quarter ended September 30th, CPKC is reporting net income fell 12% to $780 million from the combined $891 million earned by Canadian Pacific and Kansas City Southern a year earlier before their merger. On the markets, the TSX is down 91 points at 18,856. The Dow is down 220 points to 32,815. The oil is down $1.51 at $83.88 per barrel. And the Canadian dollar is at 72.30 cents U.S. And that's the resource report. If you missed any segment of the show, you can tune in to the on-demand SaskAg Today podcast. Brought to you by Gowan Canada. Gowan Canada understands the challenges growers face and takes pride in finding effective crop protection solutions. Visit GowanCanada.com to learn more. And that's Thursday's edition of SaskAg Today. I'm Ryan Young. Have a nice day. This podcast brought to you by Gowan Canada, makers of Edge Microactive Pre-Emergent Herbicide.